Good to see you guys again. Twice in one week. This is this is a joy. How are you both? Thank you. Thank you. We are Kerwin and Keith, the Father Son Galaxy. Nice uh, to meet you. Yes. All right. Good to meet you as well. Okay. All right. So this first question is for you, Mr. Michael. What was your vision for Young Jedi Adventures when you first started working on it? And what were your goals for the series? Mm, uh, well, I, uh, my vision for the show was, you know, when when my daughter was born, you know, we, uh, we're big Star Wars fans in this family. And so she grew up with, you know, all sorts of Star Wars plushies and onesies. Um, and what I really wanted was to have a show or a movie that was a Star Wars show or movie, but it felt like it was something that she could watch that was made for her and kids like her. Um, and so it was really important to me that that this show felt like it would be uh, a way to welcome new fans and new kids to Star Wars. Um, I can't remember what was the second part of your question. There was a there was another part of the question there. Yeah, what was your vision for Young Jedi Adventures, and what were your goals for the series? Mm. Well, like the the vision for the series was to make sure that we could tell a tell a show that felt like Star Wars because we're all big Star Wars fans, and would be a good introduction to Star Wars, but um, was also fun and silly, and um, uh, you know had lots of action and adventure. And I just really wanted to see a, a, a blue teddy bear swinging a lightsaber, you know? <laughs> uh, Lamont, do you have any anything to add? Uh, not, I really like blue teddy bears swinging lightsaber. <laughs> uh, Booba. Yeah, he's, yeah. Booba. he's a pooba, I know. <laughs> I know, he's a pooba. He's nuts. Uh, I, to me, it was the just how big and beautiful and bright and inclusive the world is and how these Jedi go on these adventures. And the goal for me was to just have kids of a certain age just just go on the adventures that we could go on when we were like riding our bikes around our neighborhoods back in the day. It's just, just all these friends coming together and learning life lessons and learning it's okay to fail but you know but you can learn from it and, and get back up and keep keep fighting and just just uh, the lessons of being just a good person it's, it's it was a beautiful show to work on next question is for you james uh why did you choose to set the young jedi adventures during the high republic era you know, it, it's funny because, yeah, we, we had an intention that that was the right era for this show um, when we first started, you know, machinating that we could possibly do this and um, taking meetings with, with, you know, talent. Um, and I think the reason why we, we, we felt so sure that it was the right space because it's really a time of optimism and hope because it's a time of the Republic really working at its best um, and a, a time with the Jedi at their height, you know, and, and truly to, able to be the aspirational heroes that I think we've all probably picked up lightsabers at some point of our life and fantasized about being one of those Jedi, um, not real lightsabers, um, 
unless <laughs> maybe I don't know um, that and 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 you know really be the heroes that that we imagined they were before the dark times right and before the the struggle of the Clone Wars and so we felt that this was the right era for so many reasons so many other reasons too I mean a great aspect of the fiction is is the connection with new cultures and new regions in the galaxy and that felt all of it felt so metaphoric for our world in many ways and so right in the sense of um you know so right for kids who are going to take their first step into a larger world and and go to school and have to deal with new people and new places and learn all that means so we love the era and it's new and it gives creatives an opportunity to come in and define new sectors that are theirs and and not um have a broader canvas uh to, to create new um and so for this for this age group it felt right um you know yeah i mean it was just it was always something that we just felt was the right approach I will say the time of the High Republic was a very explorative time because if you fast forward 200 years, everything's been found out. There's no new mysteries in the universe. But during the era of the High Republic, there's so much more to do, so much more to see. And like you mentioned, the Jedi are in their prime at that point. Yeah, that was that's exactly it. That's exactly it. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. And, you know. And Michael, Michael and Lamont are having fun finding all that new stuff that's in the gap yeah. at the time. Yeah, I think a lot of the fun of the High Republic is that there's so much unexplored for us. And it allows us to kind of to go into maybe corners of the galaxy that maybe people haven't seen before. Uh, and uh, and maybe some parts of the galaxy we have seen before. We'll see. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's lots to play with. Yeah, I... Because by the time of uh, like the rise of Skywalker, we would have already found all the blue teddy bears. <laughs> they would have just been walking around. That's <laughs> you know, funny. When there's a season yeah. two, can you? Yes, we're already talking about season two. Can you please yeah, have a like scene where Nubs is eating like blue gummy bears just just for laughs? <laughs> Well, he would probably he would eat those no problem. Yeah, <laughs> he, would at, he would stare yeah. at them first, like, and then he would eat. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing about a season two. Right now, our goal is always to, you know, we put so much into this stuff. We really do, and these guys in particular, you know, pour their heart. I mean, this is these things take years. This is three, four years in in the making. Um, and uh, you put so much into it and you believe in it. And we've loved it for a long time and we've seen the potential of it, but you put it out to the world and the thing that um, we actually, we make this for audiences and we hope audiences love it as much as we do. Um, you know, that's where we're at right now. I would love to be in season two and uh, have nubs eating a bunch of- Yeah. Wood <laughs> Some sort of new fruit, <laughs> new berries we haven't seen before. But um, you know, if all goes well, I made it for it. Yeah, which it will. This show's got the potential to do as well as any other Star Wars show. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank thanks, you guys. so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. That means a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
So, Mr. Lamont, why is it so important for young people to see themselves represented in media, whether it be YouTube, TikTok, TV shows, movies, you name it? That's an amazing question. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, um, it's just people want to be seen as though they matter, as though they're as, they're as important as everyone else and that their stories matter. So I, I feel like uh, this Star Wars has a unique way of just bringing people together and showing people that other stories matter, other people matter, um, and friends from all walks of life, all different species uh, get to feel counted and important and um no one's separated everyone's on the journey together and they're fighting for what's right and to me to be able to to have a part in that to feel that anyone who watches this show can see themselves in the show uh, and their kids and to be able to sit down with your kids and watch the show and feel the connection between generations as well because I, I am a proud uncle I, I do not have children uh, hopefully one day but I'm going to be watching this with my nephew and just to see himself just to see him watch it and watch him watch it it, I, I can't even explain to you how much that's going to mean to me. Beautiful. Michael, can you share the process of developing the characters in the story? How did you come up with the names of the characters? Um, how did you come up with the plot? Mm. Yeah, happy to. Um, uh, so the how I came up with the characters was, well, first off, I knew that what I wanted the show to be was truly an introduction to Star Wars. And so the characters had to feel um, both fresh, but also uh, have a little bit of something familiar in them so that when kids graduated from our show to the next shows or the movies, that they would feel like the the characters and the world all felt kind of familiar. So that was really important to me. Um, for the character of Kai Brightstar, um, you know, I have a, a younger cousin who's about 10, 10 years uh, younger than me. And he um, he's half Norwegian and he's half Haitian. And we grew up nerding out about uh, Star Wars. And uh, he is now a bigger Star Wars fan than anyone I know. And it was really important to me uh, knowing him and, and, and having our relationship, knowing I, it was really important to me that he had a a character in a Star Wars show uh, that was a lead that that looked like him, and uh, and so that's been a real gift for me to be able to 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 help bring this character to life and have Lamont help help me as well, and uh, and to see his response, uh, I got a, I got the best voicemail from him the other week that was just so over the moon. I, I was so thrilled. Um, uh, and in terms of his name, you know, again, just trying to keep to the core legacy of Star Wars, it was important. You know, you got Skywalker, 
you know, it was just important that we had elements that felt, again, familiar, but but were fresh. And to me, I see Kai as someone who uh, is always optimistic and sees, tries to bring out the light in other people and also in himself. And and so that name just uh, felt so perfect to me. Um, so that's where his name came from. List is inspired by my daughter, who is just this uh, force of nature. She's so fun and, and uh, funny and uh, whip smart. And, uh, you know, she loves animals. And so uh, List was inspired by her. Um, and uh, again, those names kind of evoke a sense of light. Uh, uh, and again, I, I just wanted this show to feel light and, and airy. And so, um, and then Nubs uh, is, uh, it's just, I, like I said before, I really wanted to see, you know, just a blue fierce teddy bear swinging a lightsaber, shouting a battle cry from the depths of his soul. Um, <laughs> Uh, he and he's such a, he's such a fun character too because like he he's all emotion you know his if if he's happy he's really happy and if he's sad he's really sad and what's great is we get to see Kai and Lith kind of come around him and be a good friend to him and help him work through those through his emotions and of course he's a great friend to them so um and Nubs is actually believe it or not named after our family dog uh <laughs> of all things so uh just uh, he's unfortunately is no longer with us but it was a really fun way for me to uh to honor honor him so yeah oh, oh a dash yeah. yeah rj83 too that's uh, oh yes okay so all right well. yes yes okay so well nash <laughs> first off you know she's our she's our non-jedi character right the and pilot. so she doesn't have she, yeah, the pilot she doesn't have magical powers as she might put it um uh, but like she, the Han Solo of the show. Exactly, exactly. And uh, and so what I wanted was for her to be the character that maybe the the people and the kids who are not Star Wars fans or maybe know nothing about Star Wars, they can look at her and kind of feel like they relate to her because she gets to ask those those questions like who's that green that tiny little green guy, you know? <laughs> um and and then uh, RJ eighty three, I just felt like she needed a companion, like a best like a, almost like a puppy like the best friend you could possibly ask for and of course i named him after um my favorite movie when i was an eight-year-old which was return of the jedi and that's the year return of the jedi came out so um uh so it was the, it was it was me kind of writing a little love letter to, to the eight-year-old me so First of all, that is such a nerd move. I love it. <laughs> Thank love you. It. I can't believe I got away with it. Yeah, you're also, right. And it's awesome. asking yeah. something. What species is Nubs? So he is a new species. I got to create a Star Wars species, which is so, so cool. Uh, he's a Poobian. Uh, a Poobin. Uh, so... Uh, Yes, what's great about them is, you know, like like you see in the in the show, he's small, uh, uh, but uh, very strong, and he will end up growing to be very big and very powerful. And, uh, and you know, hopefully someday we'll get to see what what uh, what what older nubs look like. I think it could be a lot of fun. Just kind of like a Wookiee and an Ewok that's blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meets the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. I yeah, wow, that is I love. Yeah, it. I, yeah I 
never asked the question to, you know, anyone in regards to how you come up with the character names, you know, you never really think about it, but mm -hmm. your answers are were so beautiful. I mean, you really wow. have, uh, yeah, a, a reason of why these characters are named this way. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And it's also deep cut. It's, there's always going to be deep cut nerd moves in yeah. there. There's a there's yeah. a lot more where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> <Buckle> up. <laughs> but I, but I will say wow. I think it's a good example. Like it's a microcosm for the care and craft that the, the, these guys poured into the show. And we all did uh, Lucasfilm and Wild Canary and Icon Decision Jr. Like we all we all care so much. And so Michael's commitment to, you know, the craft and caring so much about the naming, etc. That that kind of extends to every choice in the show. Oh, thanks, James. <laughs> yeah. So, Mr. Michael, can you tell us a bit more about the animation process for Young Jedi Ventures and what technology was used to create the animation? Oh, man, that is a long-winded, that's a long question. I'll try to keep it short. Um, so, you know, we first create the the stories, right, the screenplays. And then the next thing, once those are locked, and that's, that's quite a long process in and of itself. And then once those are ready to go, we record the voice actor uh, or actors uh, and we give that audio to our artists who are have been designing the ships and the, the world. You know, the, the, the wild thing about animation is that every single thing that you see on screen had to be designed and thought of by somebody. And so we have a team of just the most amazing artists who are who are pouring their love of star wars into every single scratch every detail of of our show to make it feel like it's star wars to make it feel lived in and then uh and then there's a process called storyboarding where we have artists who are who draw out the story almost like it's animated but it's really rough and it's not like, like a rough you know, sketch every, basically yeah like a rough sketch and the we have the audio yeah side notes kind of like exactly. a like a paper slideshow yeah exactly happen, that's exactly that's exactly it. yeah and it gives us a sense of like oh this is the story uh is the story working do the characters feel right do does everything make sense because sometimes you might read something on a screenplay and it makes sense on the page but then when you see it come to life you're like oh this could be so much better if we did this or put it over here and so it gives us an opportunity to kind of revise and make the stories even better and then once all that's done, we send it off to this amazing company up in Canada called Icon. Uh, and they have uh, world-class uh, design, CG designers and animators. And they're using, I believe it's, it's Maya, um, and, uh, which is a program. And, uh, and so they, they basically take everything we've given, all the 2D designs and the script and the audio, and then, uh, and, bring the show to life truly in CG. And it is for me like opening up a present whenever we get that email, it's like icon is ready. Here's the animation. It's ready for you. And it's like, Oh, rush to our computers and load it up and get to see sort of what that world looks like. And it's always just even it's always better than, than any of us ever could have imagined. After that, there's, we've got the music and the sound effects and that is, that is so fun because we've got an incredible composer named Matthew Margison who, uh, you know, we're trying to, he's incredible. And 
just really it's amazing George Lucas talked about how music is like half of the movie right and and really makes it and it's just incredible to me to see when he brings his music to our show just how much it elevates the storytelling makes everything feel more exciting more Star Wars it's truly amazing and then we have incredible sound designers we're working with Skywalker Sound and also this company down here in LA called Advantage Audio and they have just incredible sound designers that are, we get to play with all the Star Wars like we have the whole Star Wars sound effect library and so we're like oh, you know that sound when the speeder bike goes by the sound like, let's get that let's get that and put that in here like it's so fun it, it just is like I'm like a kid in a candy box when we're doing our sound design uh, meeting. So, yeah. and, and then after that, it's it's all kind of put together and we do put our little finishing touches on it and wrap it up in a bow and send it out to the world. So yeah, it's it's a long process. It takes about a year and a, almost a year and a half for each e episode. So it's, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, like earlier today, I'm on YouTube and like I'm watching a video and I get the ad for Young Jedi Adventures and I'm like, that's tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks beautiful. It's incredible looking. And I know it's it's very colorful. I know it needs to be because you want to keep uh, a child's attention, but it just looks brilliant. Bright colors. Oh, bright colors, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that that's been that's been a real fun challenge for us to do something that felt bright and fun and welcoming, but also still feels Star Wars. Uh, and I am just so impressed with how my designers and the team at Icon have pulled it off. It's incredible. Mr. Lamont, can you tell us a little bit more about your experience working on Black Lightning? What was it like to bring the character to life on the screen? And what were some of the challenges and rewards of the experience? Oh, you hit me with a Black Lightning question. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I'll make this yeah. Uh, uh, growing, I grew up in a in a time where you know superheroes. Uh, there was Mantis. That was like the only thing that was on TV, and it was on it was on Fox, and it was one season. But there wasn't really a black superhero on on, on television. I, I mean, I watched all the superhero stuff, and I loved it. But I just like like I was saying before, I just didn't really get a chance to feel seen. I loved all the stuff, but it's like, it wasn't my quote unquote experience. And then I got the opportunity to be on the, the show that's behind me. I got the opportunity to be on that show and to tell stories that were, I'm a big comic book nerd, I am deep, but I get to tell stories that again, people felt seen. And it's like the all walks of life. We're not a monolith. So it was like, the different like you know the the middle class the lower class but how they all just it was the community and it's just stories that you know i felt like needed to be t told and you know lightning i mean just that's just fun <laughs> uh just superhero stuff in general but um it was an honor it was a privilege and it was the only because luke cage was on uh netflix it was the only it's the only uh african-american-led superhero show ever i think on network television so i will always be proud of that one 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, I uh that was my question because I wanted to just let you know how much of a fan I was of Black Lightning. And when I saw your name uh appear as someone we're gonna interview, I got very excited. Um and I know he you're out of his chair. Yeah, what? I, I, I recognize the name and I know you're a big DC fan. I just wanna know, um, when you were growing up, you know, how did this how did your love for superheroes start? Did it start with comic books? Did it start with the films? Can you tell us a little bit about your 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 upbringing? Um, honestly, <laughs> it started with again. I grew up in a bad neighborhood, and um, I didn't really get to leave the house much. It was like home. It was like school, home, street lights on, get out of the yard, and and so I I got to I kind of fell in love with fantasy first my teacher read uh the chronicles of narnia to me and i was like "Ooh, fantasy that's cool and then i started just watching superhero stuff because i couldn't afford to buy comic books mm -hmm. so i would just watch anything that was on television and then i just kind of soaked it all up and just it became my escape from my neighborhood and then it just became part of me and star wars is a big part of it so I was telling these guys before it was Chronicles of Narnia and A New Hope. That was my entree into wild, like something greater than the neighborhood I grew up in. So like to be able to do uh, Young Jedi Adventures and give that to other generations like of kids, just like I was able to do with Black Lightning for people like us. Like because I again I, I didn't see us. So, but this the Young Jedi Adventures is the I, I, it's like the culmination of a lot of great work with a lot of great people, and to be able to just I don't know just just to be that's all. We're we're, we're out in the universe. We're out in the galaxy. Everyone's looking out for each other. It's great. That's it. And then. What was the experience like working on Young Jedi Adventures? First of all, uh, why did you want to work with Young Jedi Adventures? Um, and what has your experience been like? Me personally? Um, I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan. Uh, <laughs> James picked up the phone and called and said, hey, I have a thing, you're interested. He didn't even finish telling me what it was. I said I was in. Like, And the experience has been amazing because these two guys are it's a very collaborative world. It's a very collaborative relationship. And it's so much genuine love for the material and the world and the, uh, oh, it's, it's my dog. Uh, <laughs> general love for the world. And um, just like Michael was saying, like every aspect of it, from the animation to the sound, to the, the James and Lucasfilm and the thought that's put into it, it's, I couldn't say no, it's an amazing team and it's an amazing opportunity to be a part of something that's the first. This is the first show of its kind, like this is the earliest entry point into Star Wars. So I'm just, I'm just honored and blessed that uh, James doesn't think I'm annoying and he called me. <laughs> oh man, he is an honor both these guys, but Lamont, Lamont, I've known, we've worked together, you know, he's an incredible, talented guy, and 
I've known him a lot, probably 20 years now. We're all very old. Oh, <laughs> he's written a lot of amazing things, and I thought hit, hit Michael and, and him would hit it off. Yeah. Next question is for all of you. But what life lessons do you hope young viewers will get from watching this series? And why are these lessons important to you? <clears throat> Lamont, do you want to kick it off? Just it's important to me because it's the sometimes people forget just how to be good people. And like just to be just it's just the life lessons, the friendship, teamwork. Um it's okay to mess up. It's but you know, it's 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 okay to to learn. Like it's again, it just matters to me because I don't know, I just feel like it's needed. I'm just gonna this is a great story. That's all. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback off that. I, I, there's definitely life lessons. You know, each individual episode sort of has its sort of lesson and, and moral to it. But I think overall, for me, piggybacking off of what Lamont said, I hope what people take from the show is a celebration of uh, opening your hearts to people from all walks of life. Um, you know, our our Jedi kids are traveling all around the galaxy and meeting all kinds of people and creatures. And we get to see Kai, Lists, Nubs, and Nash uh, make new friends and stand up for people and welcome people and lift them up when they're feeling down. And I, to me, that those are the values that I hope overall people kind of take away from the show. Yeah, I mean, everything these guys said, I, I think when this idea started solidifying, it just felt like such a perfect metaphor for kids who are taking their first steps out into the world, going to kindergarten, preschool, you know, first early grade, like, and, and having to learn what it's like to work with other people, to learn lessons that are going to serve them as they grow into the amazing human beings all of us are are capable of becoming um so that's really what i hope i mean there's also the star wars franchise guy part of me that it that, that that really hopes so many people see just the imaginative potential of this galaxy and and how it's full of wonder and adventure and excitement and incredibly dynamic characters um and i hope it moves them the way it always moved me when I was a child. So this one is also for all of you. Yeah. How do you strike a balance between the needs of the fans and your own creative vision? And why is this balance important to you? Um, well, first off, <clears throat> I don't know if I even see it like that because I am a fan. Yeah, <laughs> and so... Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's, it's, I feel like I'm getting to make a show a little bit for me, you know. Um, but with that said, we absolutely want to um, uh, respect and inspire Star Wars fans. But also this show is kind of unique because its main goal really is to inspire new Star Wars fans and get new kids into Star Wars. And so 
while we are definitely making sure this show feels like it's Star Wars and it's very much a piece with Star Wars and we'll welcome them into this this larger world, but also um, uh, we get to kind of invent and have new elements to it as well. So um, hopefully uh, fans will love it, but also re what's really important to me is that the new new kids to Star Wars and new fans will hopefully fall in love with it and Star Wars as well. Anyone yes. else? <laughs> in the mind, I think it's pretty good. I can... I'm, uh... You know when the roof's out, man. <laughs> what, was, what was the question again? Remind me. So the question was, how do you strike a balance between the needs of the fans and your own creative vision, and why is this balance important to you? Um, it's funny. Um, like coming up in a, in a in an industry where I've had to adapt comic books to to TV shows, I've figured out because I'm a big fan boy. Like, so I know there's the there's the there's the balance of Every time you go to a movie, they're like, you, you say as a fan, oh, it'd be cool if they did this. And I wish I saw this character and that character. I'm letting you know, we've said that in the room. Like, because we're all fans and we really want to do that too. And sometimes we can't fit it all in. Um, but the balance is giving the fans, because we're fans, because it's the stuff we want is to give them something surprising and fun and something you're like oh i didn't see that coming but also being able to tell the story we want to tell and, and not be um and not just be able to tell a, a well-balanced story but also throw little nuggets in for fans that's what i always like to do um the little callbacks the little nods to things those are the the most fun things because you pick it up and go that was cool you don't have to beat people over the head with it. You just drop a line in here and the people who know, know. And if they don't know, they'll look it up. And then now you got now now you got people Googling and now they're really invested. <laughs> but um that, that's somebody the most invested when they're when they're willing to take the 50 seconds to go Google whatever you said because they don't get it. That's when people are their most invested, because they're going to be like, "What else? What's next? Why is that trending? Like, oh, that's <laughs> what that means." And then you go down the rabbit hole, like now you're deep in in Star Wars lore at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, by the time they finish Young Jedi Adventures, they'll have seen every movie, every episode of every TV show, and read every single <laughs> book. <laughs> and we will have accomplished our mission. I'm just, I'm honored that you guys wanted to interview us and thank you like so yeah. much. This was, this was a blast. And yeah, yeah. I love talking. Thank you for your guys. time. This has been great. And if you want to, uh, thank you. Yeah. 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 This, this show is going to be groundbreaking. And I just love the idea that kids are not, Thinking the open, it's just well, a crap board. Okay, I got you. <laughs> but it's it's nice to know that that kids are not going to know Luke Skywalker as their first character in Star Wars. It's going to be Kai Bryce Star. So that that makes me so happy, incredibly happy. So Luke Skywalker gosh. will be like the fifth. 
Congratulations <laughs> to, to you, to his, Lamont, and, and Michael. Thank you so much. Thank you. May the force be with you. Always a pleasure. Same to you. Take care. Take care.